चारे जागे चह जुगी पंचायुन प्रभ आपे होआ आपे पटी कलम आप आपे लिखन हारा होआ बाज गुरु अंधे रह खै खै मरदे बह बिदलोआ वर्तिया पाप जगत्रते धौल उड़ी नानिस दिन रोआ बाज दया बलहीन होई निखर चले रसात लटोआ खड़ा इकत्ते पैरते पापा संग बह भारा होआ थम कोई न साध बिन साधन दिसे जग विच कोआ धर्म धौल पुकारे तले खड़ोआ धर्म धौल पुकारे तले खड़ोआ In the last episode we covered the build up to the 5th battle of Anandpur To recap the Pahari rajas had united their armies with the Mughals from Delhi, Sirhind, Lahore, and Kashmir, and were about to set upon Anandpur from the north and the south. When the attack began, some of the Sikhs led a charge outside the city walls. Both sides let off volleys of cannon, bullets, and arrows. Since Anandpur was located at a high elevation, the enemy suffered greater losses in the initial exchange of fire the six also had the edge in close combat as for them this battle was a matter of life and death for most of the uniformed mughal and pahari forces this was not the case they were fighting primarily for a paycheck this battle continued for approximately 1 month finally the enemy generals decided to move out of the range of cannon fire thus eliminating the advantage of elevation instead they decided to lay siege to anandpur from all sides and focus on disrupting the flow of supplies into the city with their superior numbers the mughal pahari army was able to enforce a total siege on the city this lasted for several months While the city had been well prepared for exactly such a situation after a time it became necessary to carefully ration out food and water in order to combat this siege strategy the sikhs began to send small jathas of men in the dead of night into the enemy camps their role was to inflict some small amount of damage and then return with whatever useful rations or war fighting equipment they could find the strategy was very successful at first eventually though the mughal forces adopted a more stringent watch over the camps at night the mughals too were having a hard time keeping their supplies up as mentioned in the last episode 
they had 200,000 uniformed soldiers who needed a lot of supplies. In addition, there were several thousand opportunistic Pashtun jihadists who were far less disciplined. The villages around Anandpur were regularly looted by these men, and women were very often violated. As the siege wore on, this turned the people in surrounding villages against the Mughal forces. Aurangzeb was aware that the longer the siege went on, the more he would lose public support. He had seen this play out several times during his northern campaigns. The turning of the public against the Mughals made securing provisions for their army more difficult, as fewer people were willing to sell their goods to them. The Mughal and Pahari forces began to see that they were not making much progress, despite their huge numerical superiority. They were also hungry, and could perceive that the public was turning against them. They began to think of using deception. They wanted to draw the Singhs out of the city, where they could be easily defeated. They sent Guru Gobind Singh a letter. In it, the Pahari Roja swore on the life of a cow, and the Nazims on the Quran, that they would offer him safe passage to leave the city. They argued that blood was needlessly being spilled on both sides, and that if the Guru retreated, they would be able to save face and thereby avoid more bloodshed. Several of the Sikhs were willing to take this offer. Their own numbers had dwindled, and the length of the siege was wearing them down. In addition, they were unaware of the poor situation in the Mughal camp. In order to placate his own followers, the Guru answered the Mughals. He asked first for the safe passage of some supplies in order to prepare for departure. The Mughal Pahari forces assented. The Guru, however, packed broken parts and old shoes to send in the supply bags and sent them along with some men. As soon as they exited the city, the enemy attacked them, believing that the supplies were valuable. The Singhs abandoned the useless supplies and beat a retreat to Anandpur. The enemy's plans to defeat the Sikhs had been scuttled by this ploy of the Guru. Despite outwitting the enemy forces, the situation in Anandpur was still dire. Supplies were running low as the siege progressed. Denizens of the town were reduced to eating tree bark and strictly rationing water. The pain of hunger was now having its effect. They had been fighting for six to seven months against a force that was ten times their number. The enemy was able to secure supplies easily while the six were penned in. The enemy had the luxury of rotating their fighting forces. The six being outnumbered could not afford to rest, either in the day or the night. As the siege went on, many six began to fear that they would die of hunger instead of being felled on the battlefield. Many of them requested permission to fight the enemy outside the gates. This way, they could go down fighting. But the Guru did not give them permission. It was around this time when Aurangzeb sent a second letter to Guru Gobind Singh, promising safe passage if he evacuated the city. 
While the Guru did not trust either the Mughals or the Pahari Rajas, the situation inside Anandpur was dire. A meeting was held with the leadership of the army, and the decision was made to seek a ceasefire. The women, children, and the infirm had already been evacuated from Anandpur prior to the battle. Preparations were made for the rest of the army to evacuate the city as well. An Odasi Sikh, Bhai Gurbaksh, stayed behind to care for the Gurdwaras. As the army left, the path to Kiratpur was made clear for them. It was the first week of December when the army vacated Anandpur. A total of six months had passed under siege, and the men were tired and hungry. But as soon as they passed Kiratpur, they were betrayed. The Mughal and Pahari forces broke their way and gave chase to the Khalsa army. The army made its way past Kiratpur and headed towards Rupar. The Mughal and Pahari forces gave chase. On the way to Rupar, the army had to attempt to ford the Sarsa river. This river was usually dry, but was running powerfully at the time, due to rain. Some men were left behind to engage the Mughal forces and slow their advance, as the rest attempted to ford the river. The freezing cold and fast-flowing water took its toll. Apart from the men sent to hold the Mughal forces, all of whom perished, several others drowned in the fierce and cold river. Those who made it past were scattered. Mata Gujriji and the two younger sons of Guru Gobind Singh Zoravar Singh and Fateh Singh were traveling with a small retinue of six. In the course of the river crossing, all of their guards were either killed by enemy forces or drowned. Only the cook, Gangaram, was left with them. Gangaram's village was only 20 miles from where they were, close to Morinda. Since he was familiar with the area, he was able to take Mata Gudriji and her two sons to safety in his village. Mata Sahib Kaur and Mata Jeet Kaur, Guru Gobind Singh and his two elder sons, were traveling with a retinue of 200 horsemen. After crossing the river, they made their way to Ropar. On the way to Ropar, they were met by a group of Pashtuns who had blocked the path. A small battle ensued in which the Guru and his Sikhs prevailed. Following this battle, the Guru changed course and headed instead to Chamkor, 14 miles to the east of Ropar. Suni Pukar Datar Prabhu Guru Nanak Jagme Pathaiya Charan Doi Rehrasakar Charan Amrit Sikha Pilaiya Par Brahma Puran Brahma Kal Juga Andar Ik Dikhaiya Chare Pair Dharam De चार वरन एक वरन कराया राना रंक बराबरी पैरी पावन जग वरताया 
उल्टा खेल पे रमदा पैरा उपर सी सुनवाइया कल जुग बाबे तारिया सतनाम पड़ी मंत्र सुनाइया कल तारन गुरु नानक आया कल तारन गुरु नानक आया